Thank you for accessing this audio resource from Glad Tidings Church. This is Pastor Tim Rice. I hope you enjoy the message and receive some benefit from it. If you do, please let us know. Send your comments to info at gladtidings.church. Now, here's this week's message. Exodus chapter 12. Last week I said that the book of Exodus um, is the framework that helps us to understand and to appreciate how God, how it is that God redeems his people. And that means that um, what we, when we read about what God did in the book of Exodus, that helps us to recognize what God did in the Gospels. Because the things that God did in Exodus, the Bible says these things are, calls them in samples, examples, types, and shadows those things were in samples of these things, that God, the things that God does in the gospel through Jesus Christ. So reading the book of Exodus helps us to recognize what God does uh, through Jesus Christ in the gospels. And that's most evident in the institution of Passover, which is what we're going to read about uh, this morning in Exodus chapter 12. So if you have your Bibles open, follow along as I read Exodus chapter 12. We're going to read down to about verse number 14, or you can follow along on the screen this morning if you'd like. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, this month shall be for you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year for you. Tell all the congregation of Israel that on the tenth day of this month, every man shall take a lamb according to their father's houses, a lamb for a household. And if the household is too small for a lamb, then he and his nearest neighbor shall take according to the number of persons. According to what each can eat, you shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male, a year old. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats. And you shall keep it until the 14th day of this month, when the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill their lambs at twilight. Verse 7, and then they shall take some of the blood and, the, and put it on the two doorposts and the lintel of the houses in which they eat it. And they shall eat the flesh that night roasted on the fire with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. They shall eat it. Do not eat any of it raw or boiled in water, but roasted, his head with its legs and its inner parts. And you shall let none of it remain until the morning. Anything that remains until the morning you shall burn. In this manner you shall eat it with your belt fastened, with your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. And you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt that night, and I will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and on all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgments. I am the Lord. The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are, and when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and no plague will befall you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. Verse 14, and this day shall be a memorial, shall be for you a memorial day. And you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations as a statute forever. You shall keep it 
as a feast. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, for your word. We thank you, Lord, for everything that is in it, God, to instruct us, to teach us, to train us in righteousness. We pray that, God, you'd give us hearts that are open, Lord, to receive all that you have for us. Give us all ears to hear what your spirit is saying. And, God, I pray that you would give me an instructed tongue that, Lord, I might communicate to your people, Lord, that which you desire for us to hear and receive this morning. I pray that Jesus Christ would be lifted up that he would be exalted this morning. Father, I pray that you would bind any hindrances or any distractions and that, God, you would loose your Holy Spirit to accomplish your purposes this morning. Father, if there's anybody here today that does not know Jesus Christ as their Lord, as their Savior, I pray that, God, today you would speak to their hearts, reveal yourself to them, God, bring them to that place where they will humble themselves, they will repent and call on the name of the Lord and be saved. And Father, we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Now, we're going to celebrate communion this morning, um, but let me clarify something first from this passage. The final plague that we've uh, read about last week, the final plague, as you know, would, would be in the book of Exodus, the final plague would be the death of every firstborn in the land of Egypt. We read about that last week. And that plague, the death of the firstborn, would be the means by which Israel would be delivered, remember, completely, delivered completely from the land of Egypt. So the final plague is the means by which Israel is delivered out of the land of Egypt. Passover is the means by which Israel would be delivered from this final plague. Do you see the distinction? It's a small distinction, um, but, I, but it's an important one, uh, I believe. Therefore, Passover refers uh, not to the plague itself, but the manner in which God's people are delivered or are saved from uh, the plague. And how are they saved? Well, this passage is very clear. God provides them with some specific instructions. He says, on, on this night, the final plague, I'm going to pass through the land of Egypt, and I'm going to uh, kill, I'm going to destroy, I'm going to smite every firstborn in the land of Egypt, of man and of beast. And here is how you will be saved from this final plague. He says, on that appointed day, every household in Israel, or he does provide for joint households. He said every household should kill a lamb that they had previously selected for this purpose. So he said on the 10th day, you choose a lamb, you take him in, you keep him for four days, and then on the 14th day, um, you will kill that lamb. The lamb should be one year old, a male lamb that is without blemish, a perfect, and, uh, perfect lamb. So then on the 14th day, they would kill that lamb, and then they were to take on that day some of the blood from that lamb, and they were to mark the doorposts, the two doorposts of their home, and the lintel of their home in which they, in which they were uh, going to eat the lamb. Then they were supposed to roast that lamb that night and eat all of it. That's key eat all of it. Nothing was to be left over. They would eat that lamb with 
unleavened bread and with bitter herbs. And the Bible says that they ought to eat it in this manner. They should eat it in haste. They should eat it with their belts fastened and with their sandals on their feet and their staffs in their hand. And the reason for that is that they needed to eat in a manner which they were ready to be delivered out of Israel. Because remember what God said? He said, this final plague, I'm going to I will smite the firstborn of Egypt. And then, remember, he said, what? Pharaoh will deliver you. In fact, he will force you out, completely out of the land of Egypt. So in other words, they would go out of the land of Egypt in haste. And referring um, that night uh, to that night, God said that he would pass through the land of Egypt that night and he would strike all the firstborn of man and of beast. However, he said, the blood that you place on your home, on the outside doorposts and the lintel of your home, the blood would be a sign. The blood was a sign. Referring to that blood uh, that he had instructed um, the people of Israel to place on their homes, God said, and when I see the blood, I will pass over you and no plague will befall you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. Amen. Amen. And that's how, and that's how Passover got its name. That God named it the Lord's Passover because on that night he passed over the homes that bore the sign of the blood and did not take the life of the firstborn. So here we see in this passage, we see in this um, institution of Passover, we see reinforced the example that God had made previously to Moses when, when Moses was on his way to Egypt. Do you remember that? When Moses was on his way to Egypt, it was only the, only the quick action of his wife Zipporah that spared his life. And we see that same principle reinforced here in Passover, and that is that the blood of an innocent sacrifice may redeem the lives of others. That's how God redeems his people is through the blood of an innocent sacrifice. Moreover, that, that principle that the blood of an innocent sacrifice can redeem the life of someone else, that principle is enshrined here in a, in a ritual that God says should be repeated perpetually in Israel from that day forward. He said this, this day is the first of days for you. This will be the first month for you. And from this point forward, this ritual of Passover, God tells Israel that it ought to be repeated annually, that it ought to be repeated perpetually in the nation of Israel. In fact, Passover became an annual obligation to be observed in Israel in the same manner on the same days each year. In fact, we read verse 14 because verse 14 makes it clear that God instituted this feast, that he instituted this meal, this Passover meal, that he instituted, at, instituted it as a memorial. He said, this will be a memorial day for you. So you'll repeat this ritual of Passover as a 
memorial perpetually in the land of Israel. Now, a memorial serves two purposes. First of all, a memorial helps us to remember something from past generations and to communicate that to future generations. So, for instance, we as Americans, we celebrate Memorial Day because it is a way that we do what? We remember those in past generations that gave their life as a sacrifice for the freedoms that we enjoy as Americans. So on Memorial Day, we remember those who gave their life so that we could have the freedoms that we enjoy. But it is also an opportunity for us to communicate that value to future generations as well, that we value our freedom so much that we have men and women that are willing to lay their life on the line to secure our freedoms. That's how a, a memorial works. And so Passover was a memorial. It was something that Israel did to remember what God did in Egypt and as a way to communicate that to future generations. And that's how Passover came to represent everything that, God, that Israel understood about how God redeems his people. And it's, and it's how we recognize what God has done for us through Jesus Christ. In fact, there is, there is no more obvious overlap between what the Old Testament teaches about salvation and what the New Testament teaches about salvation than the overlap that exists between Passover as a ritual observance among, uh, among the people of Israel and communion as a ritual observance among, among Christians. Indeed, you probably know this, but it was during a Passover meal that Jesus actually instituted the Lord's Supper, which we will celebrate this morning. That was, I mean, that wasn't just some happy accident that just happened. It wasn't, it wasn't a coincidence that Jesus was celebrating a Passover meal with his disciples when he instituted the Lord's Supper. No, that was, of course, that was God's intentional plan all along. The symbols and the significance of Passover that we just read about, those symbols and the significance of Passover, how many knows it was always, always about Jesus Christ. It was a pointing forward to the day when Jesus Christ would shed his blood on the cross, right? so that his blood could be applied to our lives, so that we could be delivered from death and transfer, transferred into his glorious kingdom. Aren't you glad for that? So the symbols of Passover were always about the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. They were always looking forward to what Jesus Christ would accomplish for us on Calvary. Now that's, that's more obvious to us who have the perspective of the entire New Testament because we understand what John the Baptist meant when, when he said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. 
we understand that 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 John was pointing to him that he was the Passover lamb. He was the lamb that God was providing that would give his life so that we might be released from the bondage uh, of sin. We understand what Jesus meant when he told his disciples. Now, they didn't understand it at first, but we understand it because we have a different perspective. But we understand what Jesus meant when he told his disciples that he had come in order to give his life as a ransom for many because he came as a Passover lamb to give his life that we might be made free. We understand that because Paul made the connection for us. In fact, in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, he calls Christ our Passover lamb. Jesus Christ is that Passover lamb. Therefore, because of that, we're able to see more clearly the connection between what is the Lord's Passover that we read about in Exodus chapter 12, the ritual observance that God instituted in Exodus chapter 12, and the Lord's Supper, which is the ritual observance that Jesus Christ instituted in Luke chapter 22, verse 19. They're, they're actually... They're actually not really different. They're just observed from different perspectives. They're celebrated from different perspectives. They are both a memorial to the redeeming work of God through Jesus Christ. Passover anticipated his sacrifice when the Lamb of God would come and lay down his life he would shed his blood so that we might be redeemed from sin. Passover anticipated Christ's sacrifice. Communion celebrates Christ's sacrifice. But both of them look by faith to Jesus Christ. And Jesus taught us what they both mean when he said, and he took bread, the Bible says he took bread on that occasion, and he broke it and he said, this is my body. It's not just Passover bread. It's not just communion bread. Jesus said, this bread, the same bread, it's my body, which is given for you. We understand what Jesus meant when he took the cup and he said, this is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. Now, I'll have... I'll have more to say about Passover next week and, and more to say about the sacrificial system, in fact, as we move along in the book of Exodus. But today, today is an opportunity for us to rejoice that we, that we no longer rely on the blood of lambs and bulls and goats. We no longer rely on the blood that was shed from sacrificial animals, but we rely on the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. In fact, we know that that old system, that old sacrificial system, that it was imperfect and it was never meant to last. It was never meant to last. It was intended only as a means of demonstrating our need for something better something more permanent, 
something more lasting. And the book of Hebrews explains how Jesus Christ is better than that Old Testament sacrificial system. No longer do we shed the blood of bulls and goats, but one time, once and for all, Jesus Christ shed his blood so that we could be delivered. Are you happy for that this morning? The book of Hebrews explains how Jesus Christ made that old system obsolete. So this morning we're going we're gonna to eat bread. We're going to drink from a cup as we express our thanksgiving to God for the salvation that we have through Jesus Christ. And so the board members and the ushers are going and they're going to come back in just one moment and prepare to serve you um, with these elements of communion of bread, the bread and a cup. But we want to prepare ourselves, though, this morning and ask God to help us to have a heart that is ready to receive what he has prepared to do for us through, through Jesus Christ. I'm going to ask, Mike, would you come to the piano? And as Mike comes to the piano, I want to point out two things. Like I said, I'll have opportunity to talk more about um, Passover, opportunity to talk more about this final plague next week and in the weeks ahead. I'll talk more about the sacrificial system as we move into the book of, of Exodus but I just want to point out two quick things before we celebrate communion uh, this morning. And that is, I want to draw your attention to the fact that God told Moses, he said, tell each household to select a lamb. And he said, and tell them to select a lamb that is equal to the needs of the people that are going to be eating the lamb. So in other words, he says, you look at your household, you determine how much your household needs, and then you take an appropriate lamb that will feed your entire Household. He said, and if your household's small, then invite your neighbor. He said, but here's the key thing. He says, take a lamb that's going to be sufficient for the entire household. Don't leave anything left over. Ushers, board members, would you come? Now, as I serve you this morning, I want you to take a piece of bread. I want you to take a cup and hold on to it for just a few moments. And then after everyone's been served, I'll lead you through communion. So if you guys would go and God would go on and serve the congregation. But let me continue this thought this morning. God told him, said, take a lamb that is large enough to meet the needs of that household, a lamb that you will uh, that you will be able to eat. Now, to me, that signifies several um, important things. And I think the number one, it means this. It means that Jesus Christ is enough for us. I said, Jesus Christ is enough. Salvation, listen, salvation is not achieved through Jesus Christ plus my efforts. Jesus Christ is, I mean, salvation does not come through Jesus Christ and church membership. Salvation doesn't come through Jesus Christ and through me doing this or that. Je salvation is never Jesus plus anything else. Salvation, how many knows salvation is Jesus only? <laughs> he is 
sufficient to meet our needs. He is enough. And in fact, in Him, there is no lack. <laughs> Jesus Christ satisfies every, every need. Amen. So this morning, in a few moments, when we take this bread and we take this cup, what we're symbolizing, in fact, Jesus, when He celebrated Passover with His Disciples, he said, here, this is my body, take and eat. This is my, and he said to this, eat ye all of it. it. means Jesus is more than enough. He satisfies every need that we could ever have. So in a few moments, this bread, this cup, they're just symbols of what Jesus Christ has done for us. And he, he's done it all. He's done it all for us. Amen. Then there's a second thing I want to draw your attention to. He says, when you eat this, he said, eat it in a manner that you are ready to go. He said, have your, your belts fastened, have your sandals on, have your staff in your hand. Eat it in a way that you are ready to go. Now, what does that mean? I think it symbolizes a couple of important things for us this morning. Number one, I believe that it means that we should eat this bread, this cup, with an attitude of expectancy that Jesus Christ is more than enough. He is sufficient to meet every need. Therefore, I expect that when I call on Jesus Christ, I expect He's going to meet my needs. He's going to change my life. He's going to do what He has said he's going to do. Amen. Now, we don't always eat communion with that expectation. Sometimes, unfortunately, we just come to it as a ritual. It's a ceremony. It's something that we do. And you know, for its part, that's okay because it's a memorial to remind us of what Jesus has, has done. It's an opportunity for us to communicate what Jesus has a come. But I believe that we ought to come to it every time with that sense of expectancy in our hearts. That Jesus Christ gave his life, he shed his blood for me. And so that means I come to the table expecting that God's going to do something in, in my life. Amen. So we come with a, a sense of expectancy. And we sang about it earlier. Jesus changes everything. Amen. That my life is changed by Jesus Christ. That I am, I am no longer bound by sin like we talked about last week. I have been delivered out of Egypt and now I am, I am on my way to the promised land. It also reminds us that we ought to eat this bread and we ought to drink this cup not only with a sense of expectancy that God's going to perform His promises in our life, but that we're also eating this cup and we're drink, uh, eating this bread and drinking this cup with an expectation that Jesus Christ is coming soon. Amen. In fact, Jesus told His disciples, He said, as often as you eat this bread and all, as often as you drink this cup, you do show forth, <laughs> you do show forth what Jesus Christ has done until his return. We partake with the expectation that Jesus Christ 
is coming very soon. So with that in mind, would you take that piece of bread, would you hold on to it this morning? And let's pray a prayer of thanksgiving for it. Father, we thank you for this bread. (laughs) We thank you that, Lord, this bread, this symbol, that it goes all the way back to Exodus chapter 12, where you commanded your people to eat, to eat of that Passover lamb with that unleavened bread. And so, Father, we partake of this bread this morning with gratitude in our hearts that it represents Jesus Christ. It ever has. It always will represent what Jesus Christ has done for us. So it's with thanksgiving that we receive this bread. God, we need need more of him in our life, and we know that he is more than enough. So, God, with this bread, through Jesus Christ, satisfy every longing, satisfy, Lord, every desire in our life, we pray in Jesus Christ. For his sake and for his glory, we pray, amen and amen. Would you partake of the bread? Then would you hold that cup as we pray and we give God thanks for the blood of Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this cup that represents the precious blood of Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ who is our Passover lamb. Father, we pray that as we partake of this cup that the blood would be applied to our life, that you would wash us, cleanse us, change us, oh God, that we would never be the same from this day forward, God. Wash us in the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Cleanse us, O God, we ask. And Father, we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Would you partake of the cup? Hallelujah. 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 Would you lift your hands to the Lord? And now would you just express your thanksgiving to him? Hallelujah. Father God, we thank you for loving us so much that you made provision for us, that through Jesus Christ, our Passover lamb, we could be saved, we could be healed, we can be delivered. Everything that we need, all that we need is provided for us through Jesus Christ, our Savior and our Lord. And we give you thanks for it this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory. Come on, lift up your voice and let's just praise the Lord. Let's bless him this morning. Hallelujah. We love you, Lord Jesus. We glorify your holy name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lamb of God, for giving of yourself so that we might be saved, delivered and healed, made free. We give you thanks and we give you glory for it this morning in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Now before we're dismissed, every head bowed, every eye closed, if you're here this morning and you have not trusted in Jesus Christ as your Savior, as your Lord, I want to give you the opportunity this morning to come to know Jesus Christ as your Savior. Jesus died for you. Jesus died for you so that you might be delivered, 
so that you might be saved, so that you might be forgiven of your sins. So if you're here this morning and you have never called on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, you'd say, Pastor, I don't know that if Jesus Christ were to come again this morning, I'm not sure, I don't have that assurance in my heart that I'll go to heaven and be with him. If you can't say that this morning, then this is the day God has made for you to call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. You can leave here this morning with the assurance in your heart that if Jesus Christ were to come today, you're ready to go, <laughs> that you're prepared to meet him. But if you don't know that, you can't say that this morning, I want you to slip up your hand and I'll pray with you this morning and God can come and do in your heart, your life, what he desires to do, make you a new creation. Would you slip up your hand and I'll pray with you this morning. And you can leave a different person, a changed individual for the glory of God. I'm gonna wait for just one second. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Would you stand to your feet this morning? Father, we thank you, Lord, for providing for us all that we need through Jesus Christ. And Father, as we have received this bread and as we have partaken of this cup this morning, send us out, Lord, in the power of the Holy Spirit. Make us, God, into your witnesses, God, we ask. Help us, O oh God, give us the boldness that we need to go and tell somebody else about what you have done for us, Lord. God, we ask it in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for listening today. If you have any questions or would like more information about following Jesus Christ, please contact us at gladtidings.church. If you live near Dunn, North Carolina, please consider visiting our church on Sunday mornings at 1030. You can also download our church app in the iTunes or Google Play app store and receive updates and notifications. You may use the app to make a financial gift to help support our ministry. God bless you.